It's Kill Streak, episode 25. I am one of your hosts, Eric Gosselin, and joining me, as always, Mr. Mike Price. How are you, Mike? I'm doing okay. Hello, everyone. Hello, Kill Streakers. Hello, Eric. Oh, greetings, future lovers. God. It's almost like you're not my lovers right now. I mean, I know you're not currently my lovers, you're my future lovers, but it's like I've been distant. I apologize, future lovers. I, I'm, I'm going to, daddy's going to be nice to you. From an outsider's perspective, I, it does feel like the passion isn't there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think well, there's a lot on all of our minds right now. So mm. I apologize if I'm a little bit scatterbrained, future lovers. But, you know, just know in my heart, I do appreciate you, even if I don't always show it. Yeah. I mean, in times like these, as hard as things are, it's important to, to take the time and expend the energy to keep the, the flame alive. And, you know, mm-hmm. let your lovers know that you care about them and that you still find them uh, attractive. Um, <laughs> yeah. tra- I mean, it's not just all about attraction. It's also about just our connection. It's all about you know? attraction. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's, it's all about you. You're We're just coming you're from sex- two guys that rank the top babes in yeah. Friday the 13th. <laughs> well, you guys, you and your lovers, you're sexual beings, you know, above all else. That's what God put you on this planet to do. Thank you. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It is my I'm, my path. Uh, so we're here to talk today about the sequel to 1999's Deep Blue Sea, entitled Deep Blue Sea 2. Ew. Yeah, the series is uh, really just dead set on keeping us from being able to do an, a, an installment of colon exam. <laughs> Yeah, sure. (laughs) We'll just have to do like, okay, pick the real title that has a number after it. Yeah, Uh, they really, yeah, they didn't, they didn't spend too much time, uh, you know, the 19 years, the 19 year interim between Deep Blue Sea and Deep Blue Sea 2. Clearly not much time spent on coming up with a title. So. Uh, not much time spent on anything, I would say, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, the people who worked on this were just busy, like, I don't know, wakeboarding for the last 19 years. I'll, you know, let's get into our blood and guts check. Um, but I think for me, like, this really, I've been in the position where it's like, hey, I have an opportunity. We have an mm-hmm. opportunity to pitch something to... A sci a sci fi like channel, uh-huh. be it sci fi or not, it needs to be some sort of disaster movie. Uh-huh. We have to do it tomorrow. Let's stay up all night, right? <laughs> and I've done this a couple times where it's like, uh-huh. okay, uh, let's do a bee movie, um, like literally about bees, and then like over the course of two days, like come up with a full outline for a full movie. And this is what this smacks of. It feels like yeah. something that like myself or my writing sometimes writing partner Jim Martin would have written in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think if I knew for a fact that uh the writer of this movie had 24, let's even say 48 hours to do this, uh uh-huh. then I would I would say, "Hey, uh, tip of the cap to you." Um under any yeah. other circumstances, it falls a little bit short. Um It does. Yeah, my blood and guts reaction to this is, you know, watching this movie got me thinking a lot about when we talk about movies, either intentionally or unintentionally, I do put a lot of thought into the idea of punching down versus punching up. And 
So for that reason, I want to preface everything I say about Deep Blue Sea 2 by saying, you know, this is a sci-fi channel movie. Um, it was always destined to be a cheap direct-to-video type of affair. And so uh, if I'm trying to judge it on its own merits, then I'm just going to call it so-so. Um, yeah. You know? Like uh, I didn't, I, I didn't have a bad time watching it. I wasn't like pissed off as I was watching it. Yeah, it was a little slow in parts. Um, yes, like, yes, yes. It definitely like for it, like trying to meet this movie where it is. Like these are my issues with it are like um, I think it could have used some more action. Um, mm-hmm. I think it could have uh, gotten a little crazier. Like there. I don't. I almost don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to spoil my favorite part about this movie, which is like a somewhat significant plot element, which I'd like to save for the for when it's revealed during the recap. But I will sure. say that like choices. I wish the movie had made more choices like that. I agree. Um, yeah. Because what made the first movie so good, um, in addition to it just being a stressful movie, mm-hmm. is is that it really subverted expectations. And this one is just like charts a path and then just kind of goes yeah. sees it to the end it, there's not a lot of creativity mm-hmm. in it um and that's why i say like it feels like something that was written very quickly for yeah like, oh fuck okay okay we got to do something uh we have an opportunity to pitch to sci-fi channel we got to do something totally um it it's a weird it's a weird animal because um it you know it declines the opportunity to connect itself to the first movie in any way Mm-hmm. Um, like it, there isn't a carryover character. There isn't even in the plot. Like the plot doesn't acknowledge the existence of the first movie or the events of the first movie in any way. Right. Um, but it does decide to pretty much just recycle the plot of the first movie. So it's yes, uh, it's an interesting way to go. And I don't think that's I don't think that's the the direction I would have gone in. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I also felt like it really dragged um, put like about 40 minutes or so into the movie. Once mm-hmm. once the stuff starts happening, even before that, actually, it takes a while for this movie to get going. Like, yeah. Like, I think death number three happens maybe 40 or 50 minutes into the movie or something like that. Like, it's sure. pretty late. Um, yeah, and the first two are just from the opening scene. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, there's definitely. a lot of there's a lot of like multicolored hallways that are being reused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I think I think the other knock that I would maybe make on this is just that like I know with a movie of this caliber, like you have limited options when it comes to casting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that even with like a talent pool that's obviously not as uh, stocked as like what the first movie has. Because yeah. the funny thing about the first movie is the first movie is not like it's not really like they spent a bunch of money on a list actors so much as that they just went and got like a bunch of good actors who have like interesting stuff to do. Yeah, on camera, you know, like Selen Skarsgård is a perfect example. Like that's not a guy that they had to like break the bank to get. But he's like good, and he brings like good stuff to the table. Yeah, Yeah. same with Samuel L. Jackson. Like he's, I mean, maybe at that point they would have had to break the bank a little bit to get him. But he's a good actor who brings Mm -hmm. something to the table. Yeah, and I just think you know, 
I don't know. It is hard for me to reconcile the idea that there weren't more interesting people who have equally short resumes that they could have gotten for at least some of these roles. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that you want your leads to be, you know, you're looking for people who look right first, and then mm-hmm. it's a bonus if they can act. But then it's like, we have all these, like, second-tier parts for all the rest of the people who work at the facility, and mm-hmm. they're all boring. Like, they're all, you know, they. it's just, I feel like, you know... I know I'm biased because, like, being someone who has friends in the industry and stuff, it's like, I know so many actors who are, like, talented, who would love, who would absolutely jump at the opportunity to be in a deep blue sea, too, you know? Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, and it seems like the choices that they did make in terms of casting are kind of not it, interesting. They really just felt like, especially with, like, the two dorky, like, scientist characters. Um, mm-hmm. They just felt like they were like PAs that got bumped up to a speaking part or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like kind of normal dudes. (laughs) Totally. Um, Yeah. So overall, uh, yeah. I mean, I have lots of thoughts about. I mean, it's a. I'll say this: like this movie is times like the generationally things have changed so much in terms of the way we um, take in films, you know. And, like, this is a movie that would have probably fit in pretty nicely in the world of, like, late-night cable movie airings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's very workmanlike. You know, the direction is fine. It's, mm-hmm. un, it's uninspired, but it's also not... Um, it's, like, not anything that I would, like, make fun of, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't and- either. Yeah, there's a couple uh, a couple exceptions, but yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and that's the kind of thing where it's like, I I was really hoping to, and unfortunately, you know, at least for in time for this episode, I couldn't track too much info down. But like, I'm very curious about the inner workings of the production process for these sci-fi movies because they make so many and they make them at such a clip that I have to imagine there's sort of a process, like, like a, like a, I don't want to say assembly line, but you know, there's like, yeah. Like I would love to read an interview with somebody who's just like, Hey, have you ever wanted to know how these sci-fi like cheap sequels get made? Like, this is what it's like, you know? Mm -hmm. There, Um, I mean, I, uh, um, interviewed to intern at asylum, mm -hmm. which is like one of the biggest, you know, purveyors of these kind of movies. Right. And I think it is, they just like, all right, Transformers is big. Let's make reformers. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it it is just like, we can get iron zeering for it and we can shoot it in two weeks and we have this much money. Do it. Like that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. Um, and like, I wonder how much like across different, you know, even though they're different, like, quote unquote franchises like I have to imagine they're using a lot of the same people uh, mm-hmm. they're going through the same channels to get the same people you know so that they can turn these things around quick like I'm sure they've got it down to a bit of a science and so if you're listening out there and you have some insight into what this pipeline looks like please reach out to us and maybe we'll have you on the pod we'd love to uh, we'd love to get some some inside info on yeah i definitely would this one had a lot of jason x and 
Re um, Return of the Living Dead Necropolis vibes to it, I'd say, mm -hmm. in, in terms of its production quality. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's an excellent segue to talking pretty briefly about the crew and behind-the-scenes info on this one. Um, so, skipping ahead past our director and writer for a second, the DP of this movie uh, also shot... Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. Oh, no way. I didn't know yeah. that when I said that. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, director of cinematog photography, cinematographer Thomas Calloway, um, who's done, who's been a DP on over 120 films. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, and yes, uh, definitely stuck out to me. Um, Rave to the Grave, also Slumber Party Massacre 2 is a movie I watched that, that long ago. It's a movie oh, I yeah. like. Yeah. Joe Bob just did that one too. Uh, really? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. And he's got he's got a good amount of these kinds of direct to video, direct to VOD sequels under his belt as well. Also shot Cruel Intentions 3, mm. um, shot Roadhouse 2, Last oh, Call. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When did that um, come out? Oh my god. That Roadhouse 2, Last Call, is from 2006. Okay. And taking over uh, in uh, taking over from Patrick Swayze is Jonathan Sheck, who you may remember from That Thing You Do. Um, he kind of, uh, he's, I always thought of him as a bit of a charismatic void, but he's like the other main guy in the band who isn't, um, you know... Uh, yeah, the, the guy from American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom talking. Everett Scott, that's his name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, so um, you've got um, director Darren Scott, uh, who is probably best known as a producer for the most part. Um, so he was... Uh, a producer on uh, Fear of a Black Hat, Menace to Society, Tales from the Hood. Um, and then he recently took over as the director and writer of Tales from the Hood 2 and the forthcoming Tales from the Hood 3. Um, yeah, so there's like a handful of people in here that he's worked with before, um, probably most notably... Uh, Michael Beach, who I think is also, for most people, is probably going to be the most recognizable actor from this very um, yeah. amateurish cast, you know. He was the one I recognized. Yeah, so Michael Beach plays uh, Carl Durant, the uh, psycho genius millionaire financier of this whole operation, and mm -hmm. he's been in a billion things. Not a lot of lead roles, but ton of supporting stuff. People recently might recognize him from Aquaman. He plays um, Manta Ray's father. Um, he's sort of like the source of all of the pathos. You know, he dies early on and, you know, inspires I, the... I did not see Aquaman. I'll are you fucking... Right sh are you shitting me, dude? No. Oh. I saw it in the back. You know what? I saw a, a clip of it in the back of an Uber that had uh, uh, lights in... Um, in glow sticks everywhere <laughs> and a TV set up with like video games uh, and Aquaman playing. <laughs> oh so boy. I, I did see a clip of it there. Yeah. I mean, I will say, uh, it, I, it gets my seal of approval. I think it's, I think it's definitely worth a watch. 
Um, Aquaman is, to me at least, the first time uh, in the modern era of DC, of the DC universe that they finally struck the right tone for a comic book movie. Hmm. Um, okay. It, yeah, it's dumb fun, but it's like, and you know, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on it, so it's like, you know, dumb fun that looks cool. Uh, and Jason, right. Jason Momoa is fun. It's I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm an Aquaman defender. Stan. Uh, yeah, I'm a real Stan. Yeah, but anyways, Michael Beach, lots of stuff. Uh, he was on I E R Sons of Anarchy, um, million different shows. So anyways, and he's it. Like he's honestly like the only person in this cast that I immediately recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, did you recognize Trent at, at any point? Did it? Did, have you seen him in anything else? I, I think I may even have looked him up and I didn't, nothing bumped me. Okay. I didn't put it together until I looked at his IMDb, but the one other thing that I know this actor from, his name is Rob Mays, is he is the titular character in the 2020, 2012 movie John Dies at the End. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Yeah, so for anybody who isn't familiar, that is the most recent directorial effort from Don Coscarelli, the guy who's most well-known for the Phantasm series. Yeah, Um, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep as well, and the Beastmaster films. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, um, that's one that I watched uh, a long time ago, not long after it came out. I think I rented it. That's how long ago I rented it from... Uh, what was it? Video? What did they call it? It was the Silver Lake Video Store. Video Fantasies? Was that what it was? Oh, I never went there. Anyways, it was the last standing video store on the east side of Los Angeles, uh, and it closed probably five years ago. It was very sad. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I rented it with my buddy Mickey, uh, who is the co-host of his own uh, horror movie podcast called Video Vampires, which I'll throw a recommendation out for. And uh, maybe we'll have Mickey over here sometime. To yeah, talk we about. should. Yeah, but uh, it was. I think uh, John dies at the end was interesting. It was definitely a weird movie. I didn't love mm-hmm. it, but I I feel like I owe it another watch because it's also very weird and kind of confusing. Yeah. I felt yeah. the same way. I felt the same. Yeah. Way. Um, as far as the rest of the cast goes, uh, the sort of lead role Michelle Savra Sav. I'm not sure. It's sort of a French-ish name. I'm not going to bother to go look up how to pronounce it. Um, yeah, she's she's, a babe. she's a babe. She's in stuff, but she's not like... I don't know. <laughs> she's yeah, not in a lot in, of stuff. She's in something now, like some TV show. I, I, some, oh, yeah. The, the Fire... There's, like 911 or some sta- shit. It's, like it's called Station 19, and it is a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, um, yeah. which I didn't know existed until today. So there you go. There's that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like it is, it is in both plot and cast and crew. This is a movie that's just completely divorced from the first Deep Blue Sea, and it's also separated by 19 years. So it's like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that Deep Blue Sea name really meant something, so we got to bring it back. Yeah, I mean, I think one can can pretty easily draw the conclusion that the success of the Sharknado series for sci-fi 
probably led to a renewed interest in this property is my guess yeah yes um uh which is funny because sharknado the thing about sharknado that's fun if there is much is that it's fucking bonkers and this mm -hmm. movie is anything kind of anything but bonkers for the most part yeah flirts with bonkers a little bit and like i kind of hinted at not not nearly enough for my taste um yeah so I'll keep my fingers crossed for Deep Blue Sea 3 that they finally embrace the bonk. And also, I said Michelle Sauver. It's actually Danielle Sauver. Uh, so for those of you Danielle heads out there, I apologize. <laughs> um, the the yeah, I, sovereign I, I, nation. The that, so that's what they would probably <laughs> oh, call no. Uh, uh, I've heard good things about part three, so I'm excited to watch it. All right, excellent. In the meantime, I guess we have to talk about this one. Oh so. shit! <laughs> <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we take a quick break for uh, a commercial, and then we'll do that. Sounds good. So we come in on the open water, and a giant shark swims by the screen, and the title "Deep Blue Sea 2 appears. And then we're on a fishing boat in the water, and it's Chiron, eight miles off the coast, uh, eight miles off the South African coast. Illegal shark finning vessel Nevu, N-E-V-U. Yeah. I think you... really cumbersome. <laughs> yeah, and I think you, all of you at home, probably could have guessed this, but they didn't break the bank on any of the titles for this movie. All the Chirons look like they were done in iMovie. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then we, there's a couple fishermen on board. They have weird accents I just could not place. They just seem like vaguely Eastern European. Well, I think I can help sort out why their accents were so weird. Um, because they're supposed to be Finnish, but I was quite positive I detected a real hint of South African with at least one of them. And upon further yeah. investigation, this movie was shot in South Africa. So I'm guessing you have a couple South Africans... Uh, posing as finlanders here like so. scandinavian <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what it seemed like um so they're uh shark fin hunters they hook one shark they cut its fin off cackle evilly they're <laughs> fucking loving their job they just they love <laughs> dismembering shark fins and just being <laughs> dirtbags yeah that is all that is awful man i worked on whale wars and um one of the archival footage like situations that we had mm -hmm. was just like personal video taken on one of these like shark finning boats mm -hmm. and it's fucking disgusting um, it's awful um, so they throw the fin onto a pile of other fins you're a killer my brew come take a selfie <laughs> <laughs> they take a selfie with a shark fin in their mouth they get a distress call attention all mariners anyone in zone 179 you are advised to leave the area what's this bullshit eh <laughs> And we see a dude on a Zodiac boat. His name is Trent. We'll get to know him soon enough. He shoots a flare off into the sky. He says, if you can see the orange smoke, you're in danger. Depart for coastal waters at once. But they don't want to listen to him. They want to push it because the sharks are really biting today. <laughs> One of the guys is, is, like, is nervous. And the other guy's like, don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy accents. You're doing pretty good with those accents, I got to say. These are pretty spot on. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Suddenly the boat rocks and a huge shark fin swims by. And they all get pumped. It's like, oh, that's solid gold. Uh, and the sharks are coming at them in a V formation like a flock of geese. Yeah, like the mighty ducks. 
they knock into the boat, sends the guys into the water. One gets bit and pulled under, body count to one. The other tries to swim for the boat. He gets bit. There's blood all, in, all over the water. And then we see him floating down with no arms or legs. Body count two. Trent finds the boat and there's no one there. And the sharks start swimming at him in formation. And he pulls out a, a key fob, a red key fob. It's literally a key fob. Yeah, literally a key fob. He presses the button and the sharks stop. Right before they get to him, they circle and they swim off. Mm-hmm. Then we get these super sexy credits um, Hi, of a woman. One of the highlights of the film. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say these opening yeah, credits are is. insane. They're like kind of James Bondish. Yeah, like they're partially James Bondish and partially like nature documentary. <laughs> it's like really sexy music that inexplicably has like this kind of '90s vibe. Um, yeah. I, I wrote some of the lyrics, if you want to Did hear you? them. Yeah. Before, I, don't, I don't remember the tune. Before Eric reads these lyrics, he won't have the tune, but I want to set the stage. Do you guys remember when Sting came out with Desert Rose? Like, yes, 1999? Yeah. Like, that's really the vibe I was getting from this song, is this sort of, like, sexy world music, but done by a white guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of faux exotic. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Eric, lay it on it, us. And so, and so it's cut with like a woman, like free diving, mm-hmm. uh, and also like sea turtles and, and, <laughs> and some like, sharks, some sharks, yeah. just like some wildlife, like a manta ray. Uh, the, the the lyrics are trading dreams for nightmares, the undertow of gloom in the blue. Drowning in the deep blue sea. So they <laughs> cram the title into this. It's no deepest bluest. It is no deepest bluest. It is not, however, I mean, it's I it was something special. I really yes. I really uh yeah, it's <laughs> the name of the song. <laughs> We should maybe, if if part three has a good song, mm-hmm. we should maybe rank the songs. Gotcha. Uh, I would be into that. Yeah, so this is like akin to uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. This mm-hmm. is an original song written by the guy who did the score. His name is Sean Murray. And it is mm. called Into the Blue. So in case you were wondering, this definitely was written for the movie. Um <laughs> And into the blue, yeah. So it it has maintained that trend, and uh, yeah. So it's on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. So we cut to a classroom uh, full of like college students watching this footage, <laughs> <laughs> watching her swimming around with sharks, and maybe listening to the song. I'm not sure. It's not established. I hope the song is playing uh, in that college uh, classroom. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I have- I was just remembering my my friend um, had a video of her swimming with dolphins with her family. Oh, yeah? Except she was on her period, <laughs> and one of the dolphins just fucking attacked her the whole time. Oh, my God. Like the dolphin just kept just kept swimming at her and, like, bumping her with, his, with its nose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you yeah. saw a video of this? Yeah, yeah. She It's like it has, like, this, like, calypso music put it in. It's just <laughs> the most terrifying moment of this life it's so fucking funny wow that's really wild uh it's just yeah i mean you obviously you can't tell that she does but she she told us 
that she had her period. Sure, <laughs> Dolphin sure, was sure. just like attracted to it. Uh, anyway, so we meet Misty Calhoun. <laughs> she's the woman <laughs> swimming with the sharks. Again, still keeping and up she's the, talking bond, to the Bond vibes. <laughs> yeah, it really are. There's some there's some pretty good names in this. Um, so she's talking to the, the class about great whites and how they're misunderstood. Um, and she works for her mother's conservation foundation called the five ocean institutes and it's dedicated to shark research and protecting the species and one of the students raises his hand and says are there any sharks you wouldn't swim with and she quickly says Mm. bull sharks yeah they bash their prey then they bite down like a pit bull yeah uh i mean i did a little research as i do and and yeah bull sharks uh famously people think uh they scientists think bull sharks are responsible for the majority uh of human shark attacks wow um, yeah so they they're especially because they spend time in warm and shallow water and they're also just pretty aggressive in general yeah. um so then we were back with the trent from the zodiac trent slater is his full name mm-hmm. uh he gets back to the floating station which from the top is no uh what's the one from aquaria uh it's aquatica yeah aquatica yeah it is it's basically like two docks with a fishing shack in the <laughs> middle of it a sh- it's a shack <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's the achilleos complex yeah do you uh, know sharks do you know ahead, do you happen to know the background of that name achilleos uh she brought uh, misty yeah misty says what it is later but if you want to yeah, enlighten me. Uh, I did not know. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen. Like, I'm no expert. Uh, but yeah, Achilleos uh, is it's a Greek myth. Um, and I'll save the long story. And the short story is, it's just like about a a dude who gets turned into like a half shark, half human monster. <laughs> cool. Sweet, cool story. That would have been cool right? in this movie. Yeah, that would have been better. Would have been think. a better. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sharks are right behind him, following him. There's some J- Jason Momoa-looking dude. I don't know. I, maybe I get his name later. I don't. It's Michael, I think. Mike. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so those five sharks had broken out mm-hmm. of the complex somehow. Yeah. Back at the college, Misty Calhoun wraps up her talk. And uh, there's a guy in a trench coat. <laughs> this outfit's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Who wears trench coats? Um, named Craig Burns. And he introduces himself. He works for Durant Pharmaceuticals. So not even the same pharmaceutical company from the first movie. Right. Which is like, yeah, they like almost neglected the opportunity to connect to this in any way. They were just like. It would have been so easy yeah. to do it. They're just like, nope, not going to do it. Yeah, so they want her to consult on a project, um, and Mr. Durant wants to meet her in person tomorrow. We can answer all of her questions, and even for just hearing this pitch, she's mm-hmm. going to be given fifty thousand dollars. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I wish that's somebody, pretty sweet. I wish somebody would pay me fifty thousand dollars to listen to a pitch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Jesus, I would love that. Um, and then, uh, so if she comes aboard the project mr durant will fund her work for the next five years Mm -hmm. 
so then we see how big the Achilles complex is. It's a massive CGI underwater structure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say right here that like this is a 2018 film, so I don't love the the fact that everything is digital, but I will say that it like I mean, it looks better than Deep Blue Sea does because yes, because yes. of the intervening 19 years. So even with a low CGI budget, it 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 still looks better. Yeah, yeah. I, even the sharks, I, I think, like don't mm-hmm. look bad. Like the skin looks like kind of realistic, especially compared to the first one. Yeah. So uh, inside, they're clearly inside a space station set. <laughs> it just looks like it was repurposed from Jason X. Yeah, it really does. This movie does look a lot like Jason X. <laughs> it does. Yeah, the the clothes are better. Um, so Trent walks into a lab, and we meet Aaron. Um, he says, "Aaron, what's the most important rule here?" And Aaron says, "Don't piss into the wind, and don't pull on Superman's cape." And I wrote, "Holy shit." Good reference, an even better joke. The man loves it's Jim fucking, Croce. Yeah, it's a Jim Croce reference <laughs> in twenty what sixteen? Twenty yeah, twenty seventeen at least. Um, Jesus Christ! It really came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it's like no, it's always keep the fences green. Um, and so like we see all of the fences. The def- like that are keeping the sharks are all active. Yeah, and Aaron defends himself. He's like, "Well, then, how do you explain five sharks going for a joy swim?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this at this point, I was like, uh, "They're acting exactly like this is the opening of the first one, where uh-huh. where Michael Jane prevents Thomas a sh- Jane. sorry Thomas Jane. I keep I'm, I'm having t- trouble with names today, man. <laughs> um, where Thomas." Jane uh, prevents the shark from murdering everyone. But in this one, two people died and they're just like acting. They're going about it the exact same way where it's like, we can't let this happen again. If, if they get out, something bad's going to happen. It's like, they just murdered two people. Like, yeah. yeah. You're, and now you're definitely like hiding the truth about it. like Trent is not as like, uh, he's, he's a lot more complicit than, yeah, then Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane. He's definitely not as much of a scum. I mean, he's more of a scumbag, it seems, a little bit. Yeah, and I think he looks like a big baby in his wetsuit. He does! I thought that, too! Yeah. Yeah, his his legs look too small for the, his top half of his body. Yeah. It looks, it looks really silly. It's like walking around wearing a onesie. Yeah, I felt bad. Like, I, this is a note that I wrote later. Like, I kind of feel bad for some of the actors in this movie. Yeah. Because they're not made... They're not the directing's not doing them any favors mm-hmm. and they're asked to do some like a, we'll meet the couple coming up but like that poor couple they're just like having to act beyond their capabilities <laughs> yeah um anyway so then uh the system is working perfectly aaron says and a shark bumps the camera just like in part one um and so they explain that they have an electrical field in the water keeping the sharks in which i don't know how that would work underwater no, I'm no scientist. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, and then Trent notices a tunnel under the, the electrical <laughs> fence, which is very hard not to see because there's a giant shot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like there. It's like, oh, wait, what the hell is that? It's like, oh, you mean on that like fucking 60-inch TV right, right there that you already had the... 
Yeah, and then they have this thing where they're like, what? What is that? What is that a tunnel? The sharks can't do that. And it's like, this is like, it just looks like a dog burrowed under a fence. It's it like, does, yeah, exactly. It's not a exactly mind-blowing like. idea. It's like, ah, fuck. Bowser got out again. <laughs> um, so they have to extend the, sh- the fence's range. Um, so then we're in a marina, and Misty is there waiting for Craig. And he comes with Daniel and Kim, the couple I mentioned before. She's a neurobiologist, and he's a neurophysiologist. And then so Misty has a wonderful line. So, a a neurophysiologist, a neurobiologist, and a shark conservationist enter a bar. What's the punchline? Fuck, what? And that's it. That's That's it. And then somebody's like, no punchline, just an international murderer's row of brilliant minds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, except none of them seem very smart. No, none of them, especially that couple. Oh my god, like, they are—they make some dumb choices. They're just, they're just total doofuses. Like, yeah, hmm. Stellan Skarsgård. Now, there's a scientist, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad for the actors in this movie. I kind of feel for them. Um, so they all have to sign an like an extensive NDA, um, and then. Really awkwardly, he puts his arm like Daniel puts his arm around Leslie, and is like, "We're newlyweds, so don't mind the PDA," because <laughs> they're just like hugging, I guess. And not really, like, like, he's like rubbing his her back. Um, I thought you were gonna say he's rubbing his boner against her. He's rubbing his boner against her leg. Hi, like, oh, I just can you feel me? Can you fucking feel? Me? Oh God. All right, moving on, moving on, quickly. That was like, <laughs> did you watch Uncut Gems? Uh, I have still not seen Uncut Gems, no. Oh, uh, it's fucking great. Um, and there's one part with rapper um, The Weeknd. Sure. Or singer-rapper The Weeknd. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's, like, coming on to a woman. And it's, like, the most real thing where he's like, come on, man, can you feel fucking hard I am right now? Like, it's like He's, like, trying to get, like, trying to convince her to hook up with him. It's just like so sleazy. It's so sleazy. Anyway, hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, this this Welcome is the episode. I was like, you know, I got a lot of work to do today, so I got to speed this along. <laughs> Flash forward just twenty minutes of. Can you feel it? Can you feel my boner? Can you feel it? Uh, so they pull away in Craig's wood paneled speedboat. <laughs> it doesn't seem seaworthy. That's like something I would take out on the lake. I yeah, guess. it's a real, it's a real rich person's lake boat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We were rich. I want to yeah. clarify. Yeah, we no, I, everybody knows uh, that. Um, so they arrive at the complex. Uh, the Jason Momoa guy's name is there. His name is Mike, as we said. Um, Craig is like, "Welcome to Achilles, <laughs> Achilles," <laughs> and Missy's like, "Don't you mean Achilles? As in the kid who turned into a shark, very much like Mike Price." Um. And wouldn't you just let that pass? I don't know. I, I'm not really one for correcting strangers. Well, I think you need to understand how smart she is. That's true. You yeah. Know, she's a genius. So Trent's in there laying, uh, in a scuba suit in the water, um, laying cable for the electric fence. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a really confusing euphemism. It's laying some cable. <laughs> laying some cable for the electric fence, if you know what I mean. Cable layer. <laughs> Um, he's introduced, uh, he comes back up and he's, he's introduced to Misty, uh, Misty, 
Misty. I, I at some point I may have accidentally written Missy. Doctor uh, Misty Calhoun. Misty Calhoun. They uh. lay some groundwork about these graphite rings and electrical cables that I wrote. I'm sure this will pay off. And guess what? It does not. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. Nope. I was like, well, this has got to factor into the into the end at some point, but no, it must. Um, so she's like, so what are you guys trying to keep out? It's like, well, it's what we're trying to keep in. Then the bull sharks swim up and she's freaked out that they're all in containment. Yeah. And she's like, those are bull sharks. Like just, they're really hammering home in case you guys didn't know these are bad sharks. Yeah. Exactly. They're the yeah, bad like, boys. You, of know, the shark you remember world. five minutes ago when she <laughs> said bull sharks were her yeah. biggest fear. Well, we got some fucking bull sharks, buddy. Uh, we meet Carl Durant. who's played by Michael beach. Um, I do like that he's another rich black man, like in the vein of uh-huh. Samuel L. Jackson in this yeah. movie. Um, it's like weirdly progressive for these movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the, like, you know, we, we pointed out the director, Darren Scott, uh, you know, is a black man. And uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, good that he got a, the opportunity to work on this. Um, I don't know how much it's helping out his resume, but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do like, I mean, I like uh, Michael Beach in this movie, even though like yeah. his character is fucking insane. Um, I mean, I think he's, he's the best actor in the movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so he introduces himself, and he's like in it to Misty, and you must be, and she's like uninterested in small talk because <laughs> she's like still up in arms with the bull sharks being test subjects, right? Um. He's like, they're a bit more tradi- dangerous than traditional lab rats, but no one's going to get hurt out here. You can't guarantee that. Actually, I can't. No, you can't. He's going to fucking die really soon, dude. <laughs> uh, Durant brings them topside to prove his point, and he just throws Aaron in the water. <laughs> yeah, this isn't... Like, this is a scene... Sanity. Right, it is It is one of those things where it's like, this is the movie, like, dips its toes into being, like, a crazier movie, because it's like, the movie wants you to kind of take it seriously, but then this happens, and you're like, well, if this happened in the real world, like, everyone would be like, no, we're leaving, and I'm calling the cops. Like Exactly, yes, you know, yes. Like, you just exactly. almost murdered that dude. Uh, like tour over, I'm going, you know? And then, yeah, this is not a good way to inspire confidence in the people you're trying to show yeah. around your place. Right. Uh, so then the sharks, of course, come right at them. They drag them under. Mm-hmm. Misty's all freaked out. She dives in to save them. And then the sharks in V formation start swimming right at them. <laughs> then right at the last second, Trent pushes his red key fob and the sharks swim away. <laughs> That Durant's like, sorry, Aaron, I have a flair for the dramatic, but you were perfectly safe. And she's understandably fucking pissed. Yeah. I would be incensed if that oh. was pulled. Uh, and Aaron's pissed, too. He tells Trent, like, one of the sharks actually bit my foot. And we see his shoe. It does have, like, a little bite taken out of it. Yeah, is this... Supposed- <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Finish. So Trent says, well, it's a good thing they don't, have, they don't like the taste of nerds. <laughs> I, did this sh- is this shoe thing supposed to have some kind of significance? Like, I, I don't know. I guess just that, like, oh, the shark's, like, bit me. Because like, there's a callback to, to the shoe at the end of the yeah. movie. And I'm like, wait, I, it doesn't... Am I supposed to care about this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I think I think it is just to show like oh sort of that like the moment where like oh the sharks are starting to misbehave yeah but yeah I, there's no reason to like bring it back right um so then we just could we get a quick shot of misty toweling off in her underwear <laughs> and it feels i wrote it feels more exploitive exploitative than an actual nude scene would have because we're just kind of like ogling her in her underwear for right. a second and she's like all wet and there's no reason there's no reason yeah to it's see not it. even like plot wise connected to anything i mean i guess she was in the water uh, yeah so i take that back it is connected to the plot never mind Moving on. <laughs> I mean, she's no, but you're right. Like, we don't need to see her dry off. We can right. between this scene and the next scene, we can just assume she put on dry clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I definitely wasn't just upset that we didn't get any real nudity. <laughs> she is a man. She's a babe. Yeah. I, I was a big, big fan. Uh, back in the lab, she's looking at the sharks through the window, um, and she's oh, then we see like Durant is in his room looking at some serum he has hidden in a hollowed out book. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, where, um, where you keep your serums. Yeah. And he like say, he shakes it and sucks it down like a jello shot. Like there's a lot of sucking. <laughs> like he's trying noise, to get the, yeah. meat, the meat out of like a, like a crab leg or something. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to apologize for something I said just earlier. Uh, the plural of serum is not serums; it's Sira. Uh, so, anyways, please forgive. Sira? Please forgive me. Yeah, like Michael Sira, but with an S. Ah. Yeah. Um. So I wrote, "Holy shit!" Because he starts to convulse, and we get full-on chemistry symbols superimposed onto the screen, and it looks just like that meme of the woman like doing math. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which you you posted on our Twitter. Um, yeah. So this happened, and I was like, "Wait." No, this can't be. Is this like gonna be like? A, is this gonna be like a limitless type of situation? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, which is what they want you to sort of think it is, mm-hmm. um, and then it just really is. It's like nothing. I don't yeah, know. It, like it doesn't. His okay. Uh, let, we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll, okay. we'll get there. Yeah. Um. So. Burns knocks Craig knocks on the door. He's like, We have a problem. The sharks got out this morning. Uh and he tells he tells Durant about um the tunnel and the dead fishermen. And Durant's actually like pumped about it. He's like, This is great. They're problem solving. The drugs are working. My <laughs> sharks are getting smarter. So it is like it is supposed to be like limitless where the shark the serum is making the shark smarter right. and he's taking the serum, so right. therefore should be smarter, which we see no evidence of. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not like two steps ahead of everybody. He's just a, a bigger asshole. Totally. And it's not and it not only does it not have like an immediate effect, like we just see the superimposed smart graphics. But yes, he, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get smarter after he takes it, and he's also not smart to begin with. No. So No, it's not like he's we don't see him doing anything exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> uh so he's like, Don't worry, we're gonna end the sharks' lives once they serve their purpose. And I didn't write the line, but he does in this scene drop the phrase deep blue seas. Like they just want to be out there in the deep blue sea or something. <laughs> like another titular line. Yeah. Um, so he pockets the rest of the serum 
And he pulls a key from a chain from his desk drawer and puts it around his neck. And there's a fucking shark watching him through the window. <laughs> yeah, this big old shark eye. It's just like a big shark eye. It's not really moving much. It's just kind of like peering in. Like, huh? well, what's he up to? Yeah. <laughs> the shark always comes by when I'm looking at my laptop. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Sharks just got a thing for s- step sibling porn. <laughs> this shark keeps coming by my bathroom window when I'm hunched over it with my iPad. <laughs> Callback to another episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so Leslie and Daniel are in the kitchen. He eats a gummy shark. Um, and she's having second thought after Durant's stunt out there. Mm hmm. But he's into it. He's like, I, we won't regret this, I promise. Uh, and, and then I wrote, after that, it's like, we won't regret this. I wrote, they're going to fucking die. <laughs> um, you will regret it. And then he admits to her that he's actually been secretly working with Durant for seven months now. And she's, he's given him access to all of her information, all of her uh, like research. Yeah, this seems like a real violation of her trust. Uh, it really is. Yeah. Um, and... She gets pissed, and he's like, I knew you'd be against it because of Durant's shady reputation. It's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a bad idea all around. Uh-huh. Uh, so then everyone's in the lab. Durant's asked them to be there because he needs their help. He's going to show off what they're doing. Um, so... Leslie and Daniel are both experts in brain injury and smart drugs. Uh, performance. Nootropics. Nootropics, exactly. So Durant explains that he's developing compounds that can alter the genetic structure of the brain to speed up the evolution mm-hmm. of the brain and make people smarter. And so they're making them using targeted antibodies from the sharks. Yeah. So he's kind of like the the Alzheimer's serum. Right. But this is to make brains smarter, mm-hmm. yeah. speed up hu- human evolution. And Misty is appalled. Uh, so then we don't get the full story yet, which I'll, I'm going to save. Uh, so topside, Trent calls Bella the shark over, and he injects her <laughs> – with a syringe, but it's clearly only a fucking fin. <laughs> like, it's just like, a, yeah. like if it goes a foot under the water, I'd be shocked. How like, sm- <laughs> um, so then in the lab, they holler up like they similar to the shark in the first movie, right. they put it into the wet bay. Uh, and then, so Trent's in the tank over there. He hooks her up so they can see her vitals. Um, and, so, Durant explains that he's been doing this so he can maintain the supremacy of mankind. From who? From who, you ask? From AIs. Yeah, that's from, right. <laughs> from computers. The com- Artificial intelligence is getting too strong. Yeah, so Durant is, like many of us, living in constant fear of the coming AI singularity. Um and yeah. I, for one, support his efforts in the war against the machines. <laughs> it's insane. This is insane. He's worried that computers are going to be are going to get smarter than man, and man will become obsolete, and they will destroy us. Yeah. The and so, 
All right, let's unpack this for a fucking second. <laughs> yeah. Deep yeah. Blue Sea 2. Uh-huh. The reason any of this is happening is because this guy yeah. wants to man to get the advantage in the upcoming war for mankind right. against computers. Yeah, and <laughs> to be clear, to be clear, his whole plan is like a sort of intelligence arms race with the computers. He's yes. like he's like so we have to get even though if you grant him the fear, if we give him the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, yeah, this is a problem. We should do something about this. The computers will eventually take over, which is probably, I mean, it's a pretty crazy idea, but let's say it's not totally bonkers, whatever. Then the idea that instead of like trying to keep the computers from taking over, he's like, nope, it's a foregone conclusion. We have to get smarter than them. Yeah, so I have to change human evolution. <laughs> yeah. crazy this is like and i was like at this point i was like oh this movie might actually be like low-key kind of fun like kind of good right but like and this is the most it really flirts with pure craziness this and uh, something else coming something up. else coming up that i keep forcing eric to delete spoilers of from the episode <laughs> so meanwhile some shit's happening topside um i could have been more specific in my note there but I think is this like, is this where they push the they use is the this barrels where they use okay so one of the sharks uses its fin to cut a line that's attached yeah. to the zodiac boat to the dock right yes yes so, that's it and to be yeah. clear we get a shot of this so the shark like swims past really fast with its swim out of the with its fin out of the water <laughs> <laughs> to cut a rope <laughs> like a sharp like a shark fin is sharp yeah <laughs> then i guess they push the zodiac boat into a power generator yeah which is yeah not protected from the ocean in no. any way <laughs> a, a large wave would have fucking fried everything <laughs> yes and the Zodiac boat, which presumably weighs maybe, maybe 100 pounds, because that's the whole yeah, point yeah. of the boat. It's is inflatable. <laughs> <laughs> like, just blows this thing to smithereens. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. Uh, it's great. Um, so then in the lab, Misty's talking to Josh. Like, a, just another... So, oh yeah, uh, Josh and I wrote who I don't think we've met before. He's just like a new another guy in the lab. Yeah, he's I got dirty tell. hair. I don't know. That's his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tells her that Durant has been acting like this since he started taking the drug himself, and she asks if there's been any negative side effects in the sharks. And the sharks have now have better eyesight, and they can communicate with the other bull sharks. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to develop a language, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also don't, like, I don't totally under, I mean, obviously, like, this plot was never meant to make that much sense. But, you know, in the first one, it's like, okay, their brains have to be bigger so that this gland is bigger so that we can harvest more stuff from the brain, right? Mm -hmm. And this, them getting smarter turns out to be an unwanted side effect of all of this. And it's like, okay, whatever. You know, right. That's kind of a crazy plot, but I sort of buy it. But in this one, he's like, yeah, we're making the sharks smarter. And it's like, that's a bad idea 
period. You know, it's in, and it's one of those things where it's like, wait, why do you have to make them? And maybe they do have to make their brains bigger or whatever to get more, but like they don't draw enough of a, of a, like a line between why the sharks have to be smarter to get yeah the drug from the sharks. Yeah, you're right. It's like, oh, if we give them the serum that it increases the antibodies that we can use to make more serum, I'm not really fucking sure, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, and it's just like, it, it really seems like even the bare minimum of effort required to justify why they would do something this insanely dangerous... Yeah. To like take the most aggressive and violent sharks that there are, and like we made them a lot smarter. That's what yeah, we yeah, did, exactly. <laughs> but no less violent. Yeah. Um, all right. So she, Miss Misty asks Durant why she's even there, and he's like, "Well, Bella, the biggest shark, has been showing signs of strange behavior." And then Misty immediately pegs <laughs> that Bella's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, she's like, like she's been sitting on this. She's like, oh well, you know, she's yeah. pregnant. Like, okay. And they're all like, oh, what? We give her, like, we give her blood tests all the time. And she's like, I've been swimming with sharks since I was seven years old. I know a, knock, a knocked up shark when I see one. <laughs> what the fuck? A knocked up shark? You guys didn't see that baby bulge? <laughs> uh, so Aaron calls Trent over. Um, there's an electrical malfunction. Trent goes topside to see and sees, like, the mess of explosions everywhere because the f- the electrical grid ignited yeah. the flames of the fuel that was dumping yeah. into the water. Yeah. It's like it was like a shitty final destination scene. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> like the sh- that's from the scene before. Sorry, but um so he presses the key fob and nothing happens. Below deck a shark rams the sides um of of the lab. Trent tells Aaron, goes back down, tells Aaron what he saw. Aaron's all freaked out because the fuel is going to hit the electric fence and blow the oxygen tanks up, which is a terrible design Yeah, for this whole thing. How is this thing? I, I don't even know how this fucking plane got off the ground <laughs> or in the water. No. Um, Josh reaches into the shark's mouth to get a throat culture. Then suddenly the shark's eye moves and he gets his arm out there right away. And it yeah. snaps shut. And yeah, so they pant. Oh, God. It's just like they, as a safety precaution, he takes like a little piece of a two by four and like props the shark's mouth open. Right, uh, like a crocodile or something. Yeah, which the shark immediately smashes as soon as it wakes up. And I feel like everyone, like, was anyone ever laboring under the delusion that that 2x4 was going to do any good? I know. <laughs> so they have perfectly cut 2x4s just for this purpose? Yeah, they actually have them at Lowe's. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, shark, shark. I couldn't think of a name. So, hey, move on here. <laughs> uh, they drop the shark back into the water. Um, and Durant is more concerned about Bella like Bella's condition than he is with Josh. Mm -hmm. So he's putting a lot of, you know, he really wants a shark to get his precious serum. Right. All right. So Burns, meanwhile, is listening (laughs) to music and writing an email complaining about Durant's behavior. And I don't remember if it's a voiceover or if he's just talking out loud, but he's just like, he's been showing erratic behavior. Yeah. And why is he wearing headphones and listening to music? Is there any reason? No, I don't think so. Okay. 
uh, the fuel tanks blow topside. Everybody, oh, those oxygen tanks. Everybody's thrown. The elevator becomes inoperable. The perimeter is locked down. Um, and they're following the sharks. They're able to follow the sharks on a screen because they all have microchips in them. And Bella has broken off from the pack. Okay, mm -hmm. great. So, once again, we see the sharks start taking out the cameras like in a heist movie. <laughs> um, and then a shark rams the sides of the hallway that the one that Burns is in. And then bolts just start bursting on the seams and water starts rushing in. Shit starts flooding. Mm -hmm. And then in the lab, we see Burns' body float up to the window and his face is all fucked up. Yeah. So body count to three. We finally got our third body of the, but the off, movie. But it died, he died off screen. Yeah. He died off screen, yeah. And I was very confused. I was like, I wasn't even sure who it was supposed to be. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote, thank God Daniel says it's Craig, because otherwise I would not have known. And for me, I didn't really know that lawyer's name was Craig, so even that didn't do me any good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. I was, I just knew because I had written it down right. previously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then he and Leslie freak out. Uh, Trent's like, I've never seen them act this way. They're in a frenzy. And then Misty clarifies... A frenzy means they're in serious hunting mode. <laughs> so like for our, the dumb fucking audience, I like, guess yeah. we know what a f <laughs> I can I can assume what Trent is saying here. Right, yeah. Uh, Trent, Durant realizes that if all the sharks are in the lagoon, then what happened to Craig? Yeah. And uh, then he quick, he's like, hey, Aaron, remember how I told you never to upload my research into the cloud? Well, I'm going to need you to put that research into the cloud. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't because the whole system's down. And then Misty calls him over to the window. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> I figured it out. Bella isn't pregnant anymore. What? She had her babies. What? The drop into the wet pool must have triggered labor. It's the only thing that can explain what happened to Craig. <laughs> And then someone's like, "You're talking. You're you're talking like they're a bunch of super piranha." Which she wasn't, by the way. She she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, they're worse, much worse." How the fuck do you know that? How do you know that? And then yeah. Uh, do you want to take this next thing? Because you're no. so pumped about it. No, you go you ahead. You see a swarm of baby CGI <laughs> sharks that look just like a screensaver. Baby sharks. Do, 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 baby sharks. Do, 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 do. It's, it's a pack of baby sharks. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, and it looks, they just reuse the same shot as far as I can tell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Over and over and over. Again. I think it's the same CGI like composite, and they just changed the background of like what part of the water they're in. Um, but yes, it's it's great. I go look it up on if you if you didn't watch this movie, which good for you, you probably shouldn't watch this movie. Yeah, but, yeah. So if you are in that category of people who are just listening to this, I think you should go 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 on YouTube and just look up Deep Blue Sea to Baby Sharks and uh, see. Do what they you can have find. video of that? Let's see. What do we got here? We got. Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, blowtorching shark scene. Let's skip oh, ahead sweet. a little okay, bit. Great. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great. Okay, that, that one's on there. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. So the, the situation is they have to get topside, but all the exits are now underwater. The sharks won't let them leave because there's something here that they mm-hmm. want. Mm, yeah. Uh, us. It's us. Yeah. It's us. Um, the sat phone also won't work because it's only it only works topside because Durant was so paranoid mm-hmm. he didn't want ha- anybody to have communication to the uh, uh, the rest of the world. Yeah. Um. Trent realizes that the only way out is through the wet pool, and then um. Okay, so Durant's like, we don't have to swim. Mike can ride the DPV to the main hub. Call the Coast Guard on the top side sat. So, a lot of fucking words. So much jargon. A lot of words that yeah. I don't know what they mean exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the baby sharks are right outside. And Misty volunteers to go. But then Mike's already like suited up. He's like, as a South African... These sharks could suck my ass. <laughs> I can't do a South African accent. As I just proved. Zebra. Yeah. Zebra. South African. South African. African. Uh, these, and then he just goes for it. And they all rush to the window. And Mike is immediately rammed by a shark. Right. Like, fucking immediately. But just like, the shark just kind of like, checks him. It's very yes, weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't bite him. He just knocks him out. Yeah, um, and then so slowly, so slowly does this next part unfold. <laughs> yeah, Trent very slowly is out there with him, and he grabs well, him. He's like sink. We watch him sink for like probably twenty seconds, and it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like a reveal that Trent is out there. Everyone's like, "What's gonna happen? He's sinking. Yeah. He's sinking." He's not awake. And then and he doesn't have his mask on anymore. Right. Either. And there's like, sorry, there's like a swell of the music. And then we see Trent. <laughs> yeah. And then Trent grabs him. And there's this really scary music sting. Uh-huh. And Trent emerges from the wet pool. Like right. Maybe we're made, meant to think it was a shark or something. So this whole time, uh, what's the name of the the husband of the husband and wife duo? Daniel. Daniel. So the whole time... We get one very brief scene of, like, Trent grabbing Michael, and then we spend, like, most of this scene on Daniel reacting, and it's just like you're... Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You don't see out the window. You're just watching Daniel look out the window and going, like, oh, I think he's got him. He's... Oh, oh, and it's, like, exactly... You remember that scene from Wet Hot American Wet Summer? Wet Hot American Summer, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. He's got... Oh, he's... You know what? It, oh, he's... Oh, oh, Vic. He did it. You're the son of a bitch did it. The master, Vic. He's doing it. Yeah. Because literally they couldn't afford to shoot what was happening outside the window. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So uh, they emerge from the wet pool. Misty gives Mike CPR, and he's revived. And he's like, I told you, those sharks can kiss my ass. <laughs> and then suddenly, very suddenly, <laughs> a shark pops out of water and just bites his fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if this if they weren't trying so hard to ape the first movie, this would be fun. Yeah. But it's like it would be. Yeah. But it like it just it smacks so much of like we're gonna we're gonna do we, they just wrote the same thing into this one when Samuel L. Jackson goes down. You know exactly. Uh, so body counts up to four. Metal music's blaring. <laughs> uh, 
Misty immediately wants weapons to like gear up for weapons. Um, and she, Durant's like, you can't mean this. You've spent your entire life protecting sharks. <laughs> and she says, I help people see that sharks aren't monsters. But your sharks, you've turned them into monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she really just doesn't want the sharks to escape and breed. So mm-hmm. we have to kill those fucking sharks. Yeah. Um, they're losing pressure control. Water starts rushing in and everybody blows back. Like giant geysers of water are coming in there's a shitty topside explosion our heroes get washed down various multicolored hallways oh the lighting is so brutal it's so brutal yeah and i thought there would be so initially when this happened I'm like okay i guess this is just a, a way to like keep track of what scene we're who yeah who's we're where yeah but like this the colors become like suddenly mist misty is in an orange tunnel Mm -hmm. and now she's in a green one so it doesn't fucking matter um okay so they're in multicolored hallways uh trent and misty are in one durant's in another daniel's in another adam and josh are in another and then leslie is unconscious in another so they somehow all got blown in six different tunnels out of the same room crazy (laughs) yeah yeah it's crazy yeah um so Josh and Aaron in a red tunnel. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Durant slugs some more serum. Yeah. And I wrote, ha I forgot about the superimposed math diagrams because they happen again. <laughs> they, they're different. They switch it up a little bit. This time, instead yeah. of being like chemistry and physics proofs, it's like coding stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fuck. Ah, oh, forgot about it. Um, he, he runs into Misty and Trent. Um, and she either he either Trent or Misty. I'm not sure. He's like you scared Durant. Durant, you be, uh, you'd be a fool not to be. Well, it ain't no fun when the rabbit's got a gun, isn't it? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I've is never that, heard that is that a line from? It feels like a Looney Tunes thing, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. Like like it Bugs no Bunny. The rabbit's got the gun. Yeah. Maybe. Or or if it's just a made yeah, I don't know. That's something somebody said to him when he was a kid. <laughs> um, so he says they can get through the air shaft in the filtration room. Meanwhile, Daniel's looking for Leslie. The CGI baby sharks bubble towards them. <laughs> so this is the best part. For all of the rest of the movie. Because they can only sparingly use the CGI of the baby sharks. They're just represented by bubbles. Like, yeah. It's just... It's, like someone's underneath yeah. with a snorkel. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> just coming towards whatever cast member <laughs> is about to get eaten by a pack of baby sharks. <laughs> it's great. Uh, he grabs onto a pipe to get out of the water. And they jump out after him. <laughs> it looks so stupid. Yeah, then all... eventually he falls into the water and yeah. nothing happens. He waits He waits them out. And the movie yeah. communicates it kind of poorly. It's very... Um... Um, and also, the baby sharks make these weird screeching noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like... Eah! Right. Well, again, because you can't show them. So it's like right. their solution is, okay, they're going to screech and there'll be bubbles. And I think I think people will be suitably afraid, you know. <laughs> Very scary stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so they swim at Josh and Aaron. Aaron gets to safety on a bunk, like a bunk bed, like an inflatable mattress on a bunk bed. Um, and then what's his face? The other guy, Josh is behind some glass and the water's rising. He gets stuck there. The sharks start bumping into the glass to get him. Water starts rushing in above him. Mm-hmm. So like the water gets higher than the glass and starts pouring onto Josh with the sharks. So the sharks start raining down on him. Right. And they tear him apart. Body counts five. We see it from behind the glass. Uh, Durant and Misty are arguing in another green hallway. Uh, and then Trent's like, if they don't stop, if you don't stop arguing, you'll feed them to the sharks. And personally, I agree. It's just like, <laughs> it's, they, they do get annoying with like Durant and yeah. Misty always at each other's throats. Right. It's just, it never goes anywhere. It's just like a carousel of them having the same kind of argument. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then Misty, Misty like hears something. She hears screaming and separates from them. And then when she's gone, Durant, like uh, to the, like air, the filtration room where the air shaft is, he like opens a door, him and Trent go inside. Yeah. And then Durant seals the door behind him mm-hmm. and like knocks off the like hatch, like right. uh, valve, whatever. So that Misty now cannot get in there with them. Yeah, and it, I mean, I, I took this to be this is just him being an asshole, right? He's just decided that yeah, he's sick yeah. of her. He's just like, oh, well, yeah. fuck her. Yeah, she's she's gonna rat me out or something, right? Uh, so then in response, um, Trent punches him out. So then Misty can't get in, uh, and then Trent's like, I'm coming back for you. Or just find another way. <laughs> like, like, I'll, I'll be back down for you, I promise. Um, or, but maybe, you know, find another way out. Yeah, oh. don't hold your breath. Maybe see what you can do. <laughs> um, and then I wrote, again, I forgot that the whole reason that Durant is doing this is because of the upcoming war <laughs> with against AI. Well, don't worry. In case you forgot, he'll cover it one more time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's probably, I think, because he and Trent are like going back and forth about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then um, Aaron's on an inflatable mattress floating down the halls. Uh, Leslie regains consciousness after having a nice long float for a while. <laughs> That's why you wear a life jacket, folks. Yeah, exactly. It saved her life for now. Uh, Daniel sees, so like Daniel's in another hallway. He looks, he looks, through a window and sees her mm-hmm. um and then he starts pounding on the glass but she doesn't hear him and he can't get the door open and then finally she notices and then is promptly eaten by baby sharks and uh she gets pulled under yeah and then pops up with her face eaten off yeah and i just i wrote down you know as a newly engaged man i truly hope that the day never comes when i have to watch my wife be eaten by a ravenous pack of tiny sharks through a porthole. Oh no, it's every husband's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Misty finds some scuba gear. Durant and Trent are like climbing up topside. Trent gets to the sat phone and calls like calls a mayday. Um, So then down below the baby sharks pop Aaron's mattress. Uh, 
and he finds, okay, but nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> he finds the grief stricken Daniel and Daniel's like, just let me die. Yeah. And I was like, it's, they're asking a lot of this poor guy, like this actor. <laughs> he's trying his best. He really is. He is. He just doesn't really have what he needs for this role and no. they shouldn't push him so hard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and Aaron's like, you got to live for her, man. It convinces him. <laughs> I, disagree, I disagree with this. I think he should let him die. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, fuck him, let him <laughs> The guy's been pretty anyway, clear. He wants to die. Let him die. Misty's cutting her way into a sealed room with a blowtorch. Um, and then she, like, gets the... She gets the... Uh, door open mm-hmm. but then oh i guess she was reunited i didn't write this down she's reunited with aaron and daniel at this point uh so then she hears the baby sharks coming for her and she sends daniel and aaron ahead be like hey you go through the door i'm gonna right. stay here i'm gonna just dist- take care of these sharks I'll distract the baby sharks i don't know yeah, it's so she fires up the blowtorch <laughs> and tries to burn them in the water <laughs> Yeah. It's a horrible plan. I mean, I guess, like, they do make these underwater blowtorches, so uh-huh. I'll accept this, that it's, like, plausible from a physics perspective. But, yeah, it is... I'll give it credit for this. This is the only time in the movie that anybody ever says to themselves, well, they are just a bunch of babies. Like, I could hurt some of them, you know? Right, right. Everybody right. just like throws their hands up and dies every time they get attacked by the pack of baby sharks. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying I could defeat a pack of baby sharks, but you better believe that I'm taking some with me when I go right. down, right? Like I'm going to grab one and like smash it against the wall while the other ones are eating me. And, you know, so I respect her effort. Um, so you're saying you think you could beat up a pack of baby sharks? I am, I am saying that it, uh, you know, it's, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, you know, let's find out. Well, you're in luck because turn around. (laughs) 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 Okay. So, all right, let's get through the rest of this fucking movie. Uh, so the water starts filling the shaft that like Daniel and Aaron are climbing up this ladder in the shaft mm, to get out. Shaft. Water starts filling up. The sharks get by Misty. <laughs> just like, <laughs> she's ineffective in her. Efforts. Yeah. There's a hole in the door and they all just swim through it. It's like, shit probably yeah, should have like, taken care of that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's like, watch out. They're in. Like I fucked uh, up. So then topside Trent asks Durant for his key. Uh, we still don't really know what the key is for, and he gives it up. Mm-hmm. Then Trent goes back down for the others. He pulls Aaron out of the shaft, but uh, then he reaches for Daniel and pulls him up, and his body's just fucking chewed in half with his intestines coming out. Yeah. it's cool. It looks cool, yeah. So then Misty is scuba diving down through the wet pool, and she emerges topside, and then the shark's coming right for her. But they get her out. Like Trent gets her out just in time. Yeah. She confronts Durant. She's like, "You're the devil." <laughs> and he says, "I'm the devil." Copernicus, Galileo, Darwin. At some point, all scientific revolutionaries were considered devils. <laughs> and then I, 
And I want to take this point to say Copernicus, Galileo, Darwin, mm -hmm. all huge contributions to science. Totally. They Durant changed the world. Yeah. wants to preemptively <laughs> save humans from yeah. the upcoming war uh -huh. with the AI yeah. by increasing our evolution. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's and, on the same And level. so far... What what has he accomplished? He has made he's made, he's made sharks. five sharks smarter and he, and he more violent. He can see the Breaking Bad uh, credit <laughs> sequence yeah. in his head when he takes some serum. Yeah, and he is uh, appears to be no demonstrably no smarter than he was before, even though he yeah. is. Yeah, he's slamming <laughs> slamming Jello shots of serum every two hours, apparently. <laughs> he's just, and he's just being a bigger dick. <laughs> Yeah. Jury's still out. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should have said body count's up to seven. With, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Daniel dead. Um, okay, so then a Coast Guard drone flies up yeah, you out know. of nowhere. <laughs> and they're all like, look, it's one of those Coast Guard drones. And I'm yeah. like, what? What, <laughs> what is this What are you talking thing? about? And <laughs> it's like another thing that makes like a weird high-pitched noise for no yeah. reason. <laughs> And then a shark jumps out of the water and grabs it. Uh, yeah. And they all act like heartbroken. <laughs> it's like, it was a fucking drone. It wasn't going to pick you up. <laughs> like, what, what? What? Yeah, true, true. Um, Durant's like, oh my god, my sharks are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the docks, I forgot, the docks I forgot starts, that. <laughs> the dock starts to shake. It's all coming apart. And they have to swim to the Zodiac. Um, Misty throws Aaron in the water. <laughs> Durant is like satisfying, right? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. But yeah, it's also just like this whole sequence is very confusing with the the the, the plan unfolding, throwing him into the water. I'm like, wait, I it took me the duration of the scene to figure out what was what was going on. Yeah. Um. So they swim to the Zodiac. Aaron got, gets pulled under, disappears for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, a shark swims right for Durant. Yeah. And then right at the last second redirects. And he's like, I told you I was Bella's master. Cause he goes underwater and, then, and he screams in her face. That's how he gets her to get to leave him alone. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and then boom, the shark pops yeah. up with like half of his body in his mm -hmm. mouth. Chomps, mouth. chomps him. Chomps him, I drags it, him under. I thought this looked pretty good, I think, for his yeah, special effects cool. shot. Yeah, mind you, the entire time this is happening, Misty and Trent have stopped swimming to the Zodiac and turned around to watch. They're just treading water watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that. Uh, so she drags him under. Bella swims to the Zodiac, and Bella jumps at it. But just then... Somebody shoots flares into her mouth. All right, so I want to, I want to, I rewound this a few times. Mm -hmm. Misty and Trent are in the Zodiac trying yeah. to get the Zodiac started. Yep. Okay. Yep. It cuts to Bella the shark swimming at them full speed, mm -hmm. jumping out of the water, mm -hmm. and then in slow motion, right when it's about to snap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two flares. Yes. One enters its mouth, one shoots Bella in the face explodes and i don't know that bella it's even bella i think it's just one of the sharks oh really i thought it was yeah. bella well but then, so then yeah i don't know 
the shark hits the water dead uh-huh. and sinks under the water yeah. with the flares like glowing in its mm-hmm. mouth. Then it cuts back and it's fucking Trent and Misty are the ones who shot yeah. the the flare guns. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. No. Well the way it's presented doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean also, yes, and like it's a multiple thousand pound shark flying through the air. There's not a flare, an emergency flare has zero stopping power. Like Exactly. <laughs> I bet you could shoot me with a flare and yeah. I would be like, ah. Yeah, it would okay. burn it would burn you, but it wouldn't even move you. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not like a fucking grenade launcher. Right. <laughs> Uh, so then Aaron pops out of the water. He was down there for a really long time. Yeah. Shades of Richard um, Dreyfus Jaws here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like hiding, mm-hmm. waiting for it all to be done. Uh, and then Trent's like, I told you they don't like the taste of nerd. <laughs> um, and then he brings up the fucking shoe thing again. They ate his shoe this time. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I Why? I don't know. Uh, so the Misty's like, wait, we can't let those sharks survive. And Trent finally reveals what that key is for. It's to activate the self-destruct system on the facility. He blows the facility. But I don't know if he really killed the sharks. Yeah, it's, really- so, so she's like, we have to go back. We can't let these sharks get away. And he's like, I have a solution. And it yeah. blows up the facility. But, like, nothing happens to the sharks. It just blows up. It just blows up the facility. Yeah. How yeah, is that supposed to be helpful? They're in the water. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm exhausted by this movie. <laughs> uh, so then we get a Chiron that's three weeks later. We're on a uh, a, a, a beach, uh-huh. a South African beach. Uh, and there's a, a an attractive couple yeah. like on the beach. Uh, and uh, And she's like, He's trying to the the boyfriend's trying to get the girlfriend into the water. She's like, "What if there are sharks out there?" He's like, "There's no sharks on this beach, I promise you." And then they get in the water, and the metal music blasts, and we see <laughs> Bella and her babies sw- swim right at our screen. Yeah, in we formation. Yeah, in formation. We hear a woman scream off camera. Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. That's Deep Blue Sea too. That's Deep Blue Sea too. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, man. We did it. Um all right. Let's get through these final little bits before we get to our last segments. Sure, sure. Body count pretty low. Uh body counts of 8. Mhm. Uh favorite character. Boy, there are so many to choose from. So <laughs> many great characters in this movie portrayed by great actors. Uh <laughs> Do you want me to go first, or do you want to take a stab at this? Uh, sure, you go first, because I think we might say the same one, and so I don't want to... I think the only real answer is Durant. Yeah. Um, he's the best actor. He's having the most fun. Mm-hmm. And his character, though ridiculous, is... You know, his character's ridiculous. It's yeah. fine. But he's, like, he's doing the best he can. Right. right. Yeah, I, I think uh, a common phrase you'll hear thrown around that I think applies here is he knows what kind of movie he's in. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah, he seems to be enjoying himself, and he, like, what I talked about, so I was, I was, you know, alluding to so much is, like, 
I like the baby sharks. They're ridiculous, but it's like it makes it fun and kind of silly in a way that makes the whole thing more watchable. And I would mm-hmm. say that the tone that he strikes with his performance is similar in that it's like if there were more people going about their work the way that Michael Beach does in this movie, it probably would have been more fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, moment that aged the worst. I don't know that I really have one. In, in, it's in tough. This. It's a two-year-old movie, so yeah. Um, really... Yeah, I honestly, I don't know if I have one either. I think that this movie's recent enough that nothing has turned sour because of the events of the intervening two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. Right. Maybe we missed something. Let us know. <laughs> uh, best death. Why don't you take a stab at that one? I, I have to think about it for a second. Sure. I, I have two options, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I feel bad. I'm, I'm frustrated because I know what they want me to say, and I'm, like, tempted to say it. So I'll, I'll bite the bullet on this one, and I will say that Mike's beheading is... Yeah. Uh, it's definitely... Like, one of the things that this movie is really lacking is... Uh, shots of the actual deaths themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. so many people die off screen. Like, even in the shark attacks, it's like, people go underwater, there's a bunch of blood, and then they're dead. Um, Right, their, like, body floats up. Right, and then, yeah, like, in the beginning, we get to see the guy with his limbs dismembered, and that's cool, but you don't see it happening to him. You don't see him getting bitten by sharks. We just see the aftermath. So, credit for Mike's death, we actually see the shark bite his head off. Um, and it is pretty satisfying when he is like stumbling around for a second with no head before his body falls over. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll go with that one, even though you're not that clever, Deep Blue Sea 2. All right. So don't get a big head. I agree. No pun intended. <laughs> um, so I, I, I say then um, the, my favorite death is probably Daniel's death when you see his intestines coming out. They pull his, half of his body out of the water. Yeah. It is surprising. It's confusing. Yeah. It's kind of unceremonious way to die. It, but, has, uh, it has some of those. It looks cool. Yeah, and it has some of those funny, like, Western vibes of, like, him being like, uh, uh, and the guy's, like, holding him, you know, kind of, like, as he yeah. as he fades away. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits. It's uh, not, not a correct reference, but, hey, we're fine here. I got it. So, uh... On the Carpenter scale, mm-hmm. we like to rate these movies, scare, the scariness of these movies on the film yeah. history, filmography of John Carpenter. Mm. Where do you think this one falls? Low. Very low. low. This movie, yeah. even for even for us, this is a pretty unscary movie. Yes. Um, I would put it right towards... Right towards the bottom, probably like what's the second rung of the carpenter ladder? You know, it's not quite a star man. It's not quite memoirs of invisible man. Yeah, I think I think memoirs probably right. Is there anything else I'm missing here? Elvis, we we haven't seen it. So <laughs> we haven't it might seen. Be, might be very scary. Yeah, and again, like we don't really know how scary the ghost of Mars is because I haven't seen that in twenty years. Um, hmm. 
this is like a fun project. We gotta do. We we talked about this before, but let's let's throw it on the schedule. We gotta we gotta bone up on the carpenter skill so we can. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, do our jobs appropriately. Um, now that we're back to one a week, I can actually see myself watching some of these movies. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm down with memoirs of an invisible man. Let's go with that. All right, let's lock it in. Cool. And one more so thing. Then- I before you before you hit on the last thing. Because you had already picked Carl Durant as your favorite character, I just realized, you know what? We're in charge of this podcast. We can do what we want. I want to change my answer. My favorite character in this movie is the Baby Sharks. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) You're a huge Baby Shark fan. (laughs) I am. It's a catchy song. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So then finally, um, at least for this portion mm-hmm. Mary fuck kill yeah I know my I know my answer yeah do you want to go first sure yeah this one's a kill for me yeah uh I agree I don't think I don't think the little bits of over-the-top silliness are enough to make this like a so good it's so bad it's good type of view um and I think because it's a sci-fi movie like it's also missing like if you have like a trauma type movie or other types of like really like C movie exploitative kinds of things, like sometimes you'll try to make up for a really poor quality script or bad acting with things like gruesome violence, gore, nudity, sex, and like this movie doesn't really have any of those things. So yeah, um, yeah. it just ends up being like a very low budget movie that's kind of missing the stuff that could make a movie like that a fun view. I agree with everything you just said, and what we're going to do right now is take a little break, and we're going to come back with our last segment. Okay, we're back. We're here for our final segment, and today we decided we're going to do a Mount Rushmore, and the topic today is going to be movies with mad scientists playing God. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we wanted to really highlight some of the biggest names in the realm of focusing so much on if they could, not stopping to wonder if they should, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one from Deep Blue Sea 2 is making no. this Mount Rush score. No. <laughs> no one from Deep Blue Sea uh, 1 is making this either. <laughs> yes. However... Uh, there's a real undercurrent here of, you know, your classic trope of scientists doing some genetic engineering and just really uh, spitting in the face of God's will and his plan um, in pursuit of personal glory or, you know, scientific uh, accomplishment. And we love, I, I mean, I love this. I think this is a great well that horror likes to to return to time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have a, a first nominee, Eric, for someone who belongs on the scientist playing God Mount Rush score? I do. Uh, it is one of our favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm. I know that. And that is Herbert West from the movie Reanimator. Uh, sure. Herbert West, of course, is trying to bring dead people back to life with his green serum. Certainly has no regard for human life. Only... Mm-hmm in yeah. it for the pursuit of science and his own glory uh, into mm-hmm. truly horrific results. Yeah, and I would say, you know, his he has the classic traits of 
going into sort of a downward spiral, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps starting out with more honorable intentions before getting sucked into his work and uh, losing sight of, you know, the humanity mm-hmm. and just, uh, yeah. And also um, just uh, that that classic uh, cold, he, he's, he's a real archetypical cold scientist. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. Which uh, not everybody on this list fits that bill. Uh, in fact, I would say the majority do not. Um, my first nominee is someone wi- whom, without Herbert West, could never never have existed because uh, I think the prototypical, really, uh, mad scientist playing God that that most people know. I'm going with Doctor Frankenstein. Uh, who we know from the novel Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and from a series of movies, but for the purposes of this exercise, I will go with the iconic uh, James Whale Frankenstein of the Universal uh, 1930s golden golden age of horror. Um, so this particular incarnation of Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein, played by Colin Clive. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Frankenstein actually is the name of the doctor and <laughs> not the monster. Yeah. Holy so. shit. I thought that was a cool little thing to throw out there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Dr. Frankenstein, this is the guy who, I mean, it's hard to argue, like, is there a bigger influence on this trope, on this genre than the guy who said, you know, I am going to give life right that's his his he's so preoccupied with this idea of creating life where there is none mm-hmm. um so if anyone has ever really had a god complex it's it's henry i guess it's henry frankenstein right not victor frankenstein uh i don't i actually don't know i've read the book too i it might be henry i think it's henry and i think victor is Victor from uh, Young Frankenstein? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that what I did? Yeah. Victor. Uh, um, which, honestly, is a better movie. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Young Frankenstein's fantastic. Yeah. Young Frankenstein is Dr. Victor Frankenstein. And uh, Henry Frankenstein from the James Hank. Film. So, anyways. Yeah. That's my first nomination. Second nomination. That's the second head on... Um, Mount Rushmore. Uh, what about what about you? Number well, three. Say, don't, or do you have anything you want to add about Frankenstein? No, I think I mean you covered it beautifully. Okay. Uh, do you want to do you want to take number three as well? Because I know my last suggestion is a little bit outside of the box. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, my second nominee for the number three space on Mount Rushmore of doctors, scientists playing God. Is from another one of my absolute favorite movies, horror or otherwise. Um, so the movie is 1986's The Fly, directed by David Cronenberg. The scientist, Dr. Seth Brundle, played by the inimitable uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, I can't really do a Jeff Goldblum impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I, should I just deliver the rest of this? Just taking strange pauses in the middle of what I'm saying. It's like turns into walking too quickly. Yeah, you know? it's hard. Like, I can't do. I can't do one either. Yeah, but like this fucking this movie fucking rules so hard. Um, and it's like 
I love this movie for so many reasons, not least of which is how it manages to be so well-known and so universally watched and yet so gross and depressing. (laughs) Like, it really feels like a real Trojan horse. Because this just feels like... The funny thing is it's just run-of-the-mill Cronenberg in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, Seth Brundle is a fantastic character in this regard. Uh, Like, really, if you want to see the spiral of a guy who starts out so like, I mean, and that's the thing is like, this character is very likable. He's very charismatic. Um, but it's just, especially as his sort of insectile instincts and features start to take over, we just see this, uh, transformation both in, in physical form and personality. Um, and I like that this one is one of the first ones that I can remember even though it's 86, it, it like definitely starts to move this sign, this playing God trope into a more futuristic uh, direction, you know, the transporter technology and the introduction of early computers and that kind of stuff. So we're really graduating because even though Reanimator is a movie that comes out around the same time, it's like very old school in its approach. It's like a green serum and it's right, just a right. lot of like old medicine it's kind goth. of stuff. But this one, excuse me, it's goth. Yeah. It is gothic, and this is really sort of, it goes for the futurism. It's definitely sci-fi horror, and um, I really love it. And if you are one of the rare people out there who's listening to this podcast and hasn't seen The Fly, good God, put it on your list this weekend. I mean, just don't watch it when you're, like, super depressed, I guess. But um, this movie's amazing. It's one of my absolute all-time favorites. So then rounding it out for head number four on the Mount Rushmore of mad scientists who are playing God, I'm giving it to Dr. Cushing Catheter <laughs> from the movie <laughs> Gremlins 2. <laughs> the new batch, yeah. baby. Portrayed by yes. Christopher Lee. Uh, he, of course, is responsible for all of these horrible mutations that the gremlins are <laughs> undergoing. He creates the electricity gl- gremlin, or at least his lab does. Yeah. The mm-hmm. vegetable gremlin. <laughs> Yeah, the sexy, sexy gremlin, gremlin. perhaps <laughs> the worst gremlin because she is so god dang sexy you can't refuse her. Yeah, she's irresistible. Yeah, yeah. the goofy gremlin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mohawk half oh, spider yeah. gremlin. Yeah, I love um, Gremlins two. I tried to see it in theaters like two or three times, and I got too scared uh-huh. the first two times. <laughs> but I stuck it out, and I finally watched it all the way through, and. It uh-huh. became like my favorite movie of the time, and I've revisited uh. it pretty recently. Still, love that movie. <laughs> so, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I think, and I mean, honestly, like I do believe that Gremlins Two is underrated. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I think so. Because the first one is great, and it's a classic. Uh, and this is a very different tone, but it's like so fucking fun. And, uh, yeah, it's a real, it's a real alien, alien sort of situation in my mind. It's like hard to say which one's better. They're definitely going for two different vibes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And also Dr. Catheter is a great pick just because like, you know, he's sort of, uh, a nod to all of these characters throughout history. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's almost parody. And it's all very funny. And uh, an honorable mention goes out to Clamp, um, who is kind of <laughs> funding the whole thing. 
And I guess is actually I guess is he sort of supposed to be a, like a Donald Trump kind of guy? He very ex- very explicitly is supposed to be. If only the real Donald Trump was more like uh, was more like Daniel Clamp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for yeah, listening really- to us prattle on about Deep Blue Sea Two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Next week we will be back to close out this new trilogy with Deep Blue Sea Three. Yeah. And then of course the week after that we'll be ranking them and announcing our new series that we're going to cover. Hey, if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, we got a nice shout out recently on Twitter. You can reach out to us at Killstreak Pod on Twitter. You can email us at killstreakpod at gmail You can reach out to us at our Anchor website, which is anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Right. Leave us a uh, voicemail, whatever. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's let's, let's do a call to action. Send us some questions, voicemails, so that we uh, can do another listener questions episode at some point. Yeah, let's start start building up a little bank of those, and uh, we can have a fun one-off, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to, uh, be ready to go when the next episode drops, you can watch deep blue sea anywhere you get video on demand. It is a new release. So, mm-hmm. uh, it is, it is out there. Uh, you're not going to find it on any of the streaming services. You're going to have to pay for it if you want to see yeah, it. Yeah. It's It's a little um, bit of a pricey rental. So, you know, mm-hmm. we do apologize for that, but Hey, yeah. you know, this is a brand new movie. That's right. And I, I just think it's fun. I think it's fun that we're all jumping in. Whoever wants to can watch a brand new movie, mm-hmm. you know, in a time when it's hard to see any new movies, even though, let's be honest, it's probably going to suck, but uh, whatever. <laughs> yes. Maybe yeah. it'll be pleasantly Keep surprised. an open mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And as always, I've been swimming with sharks since I was seven years old. I know a knocked up shark when I see one.